episode three of my podcast, Chatting with the Lightkeeper, coming to you from a beautiful uh, Great Lakes state on a um, somewhat warmer spring day. Uh, the April showers passed overnight, and it's a beautiful sunny morning here, and I hope wherever you're listening, it is sunny and spring-like. Anyway, today I want to talk a little bit about some red flags. Um, the DS lifestyle is something that um, does come with some risk. Um, I can say that I've met some of the most amazing people I've ever had the good fortune of meeting here in the lifestyle. But through the lifestyle, I've also come in contact with and met some people that are um, some of the most uh, unique and special, and I don't mean that in good ways, um, as well. So with that in mind, I just want to share some of the things that are red flags for me. And I know that um, the things I'll talk about today are not in any particular order as to, um, say, more nefarious to less nefarious or um, a bigger warning or lesser warning. They're just things that um, pop to mind that are potential issues that I, that I see them. And um, I know everyone is different and has their own beliefs. So what I talk about today may apply to you and it may not. So... The first thing I want to chat about are the um, sexy selfie people. And when we're getting to know somebody, obviously, especially online, and if you're listening to this podcast, you uh, most definitely are somebody who probably does poke around the interwebs a little bit, or else you wouldn't be listening to me. So everybody wants to look nice, especially when you're chatting with somebody uh, and maybe you're single and looking, you want to put out an image that, you know, shows you in the best light. And unfortunately, a lot of people, and it doesn't matter whether it's guys, gals, or anywhere in between, um, people often send a picture for the first time that is way too sexy. Um, Guys are known, um, especially the internet trolls, are known to uh, share uh, lovely headshots, and by that I don't mean like they're an actor, but whoop, there it is, there's the blowny pony, like, that is going to intrigue somebody right away by, oh yeah, they have a pretty penis, I want to get to know them. Um, but at the same time, you know, ladies are also known for, you know, wanting to show a sexy selfie that maybe shows a little too much, or, you know, they're missing the top of the outfit, or things like that, and it's it's good to want to be appealing and alluring and and be and feel sexy, but when you're making contact with somebody that you really hope to get to know as a person, you need to put those away. So when somebody leads with something that is overtly sexy, or um, I don't know how uh, to say this, but I, I don't really think many people... I know there are exceptions, but I don't think many people find the um, the headshot from gentlemen as um, sexy. Um, I don't know, but I mean, really, a penis is a penis, and once you've seen one, you've pretty much seen what they all look like. There's there's not a huge variety in in, in that area, um, so it's a red flag when somebody tries to be a little over the top with an image, especially in the beginning. Um, and oh, guys. Don't, don't send that uh, blowny pony shot unless the person asks for it. Um, it's it's a it's a good way to be a um, 
it'll be a killer of any conversation going forward. I shouldn't have to say it, but there are a lot of things these days that shouldn't have to be said that that need to be said now. Um, so um, the other big red flag that kind of goes along with the um, the sexy selfie is the person who wants to talk about sex all the time in the conversation or it they continually go back to it. Uh, many people in the DS lifestyle are very sexual people and there does need to be a conversation even if you're a vanilla person um, about sexual likes, wants, desires, fantasies, all those things at the appropriate time when you're getting to know somebody. But it's a huge red flag when the person you're chatting with, that's all they want to talk about is, is you know, bow chicka wow wow. And that they just keep going back to it, keep bringing it back up. And they would rather know your favorite position than your favorite color. That That's a huge red flag because really what that's saying is that's all they want from you. That's all they're looking for. Even if their words say otherwise, the choice in conversation is is the huge red flag. Another red flag that appears is the dominant who asks for, demands, or even attempts to bully a submissive into giving their submission to them. A submissive should never, ever have to feel that they are being pressured to become somebody's partner and their submissive. The submissive is the one who ultimately decides when and if they are going to not only partner with the dominant, but give the gift of submission to the dominant. So it is a huge red flag when a dominant starts to pressure anyone into a relationship and giving their submission. I do think it is okay for a dominant to express to a submissive that they would like to have a relationship with them where the submissive would become that dominant submissive partner. I think it can be reassuring when it's done as a, you know, expressing where their emotions are, how they feel about the person, and where they want the relationship to go. But as it is not something where they're asking for the submission, they are just simply expressing how they feel. And in fact, especially as a relationship is budding, it can be a reassuring for a submissive to know how the dominant feels and also what the dominant is looking for long term. As long as it's not done in any way to pressure the submissive into moving at a pace or a place that they do not want to go. So that is a huge red flag. Often these same pressure dominants will say things to a submissive who is hesitant or will not will not do what the dominant is asking for them from them, especially at a time and a place where it's inappropriate. Um, you'll hear things from these people like, if you are a real submissive, you would do this for me, or a true submissive would really do this. And what they're doing is they're basically bullying the submissive to do their bidding. And let's face it, bullying, no matter how it's done, is simply wrong. And that's a huge red flag, and this is something that if it happens to you, you see it happening to a friend, walk away from that person if it's happening to you, um, block them, block their text, block their emails, send them packing. And if you see it happening to a friend, step in and say something, please, because this should never happen and it should never be tolerated. Another red flag for me is 
something that I see very often, especially with people who are newer to the DS lifestyle, is everybody kind of likes to make a list. Um, lists are popular and spreadsheets are popular, um, although I am not a fan of spreadsheets. I do them all the time for work, so I, I don't keep a spreadsheet of uh, things that I like and want in a potential partner. However, these are things that I think everybody knows what they want or has an idea of what they want. But there are people on either side of the slash where they are focused on matching up these items, especially when it comes to kinks and fetishes. They're trying to find a partner who matches their kinks and fetishes rather than focusing on matching as a person. And my experience has taught me in this lifestyle that it's all, it's just like any relationship. It's all about two people coming together, or if you're poly, more than two people coming together. Let me to clarify that. But it's all about connecting as people. And if you make the right connections with the right person, the kinks and fetishes side always will fall into line. And they'll line up beautifully. So rather than focus on the matching of kinks and fetishes, people need to focus on just connecting as people. And if you're talking with somebody who is hyper-focused on matching up those kinks and fetishes, that's really a red flag that, that that's what they're searching for. They're searching for somebody to get their kink on with rather than actually finding a partner. Another red flag that I see often in the lifestyle is people rushing to enter a relationship. And it's understandable, especially if you're newer to the lifestyle, finding a partner can just seem like this most wonderful thing to have, to have a partner, you know, either a, a dominant to guide or a submissive to lead. But you still have to match as people, and it takes time, a lot of time, to really get to know somebody. You can click with them, you know, you can go on dates and, and think that, you know, this person is just the most amazing person you've ever met, but it still takes time to confirm that uh, the amazing person is really amazing for you. Because everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most people can behave in ways that hide their true colors on a few dates. It takes time and effort to really get to know somebody, to get get in inside their walls because everyone has walls and it takes time to invest to really get to know a person get to know what makes them tick how they tick and the rushing into a relationship the the faster people jump into a relationship typically the quicker that relationship will implode it takes time and it really takes dedication to be able to say, slow down, we need to slow down, and just keep building rather than jumping into a relationship. And building takes time, and you can build little bits and little bits and, and slowly work your way into a beautiful relationship, but it takes time. And so please take the time, invest the time, and really look before you leap, because one of the one of the things I'm passionate about is skiing, and skiing has taught me that you need to look before you leap, um, especially when I travel out west or even out east and I'm skiing in the backcountry. There are 
they appear optical illusions. There's a little roll in the hill, and it'll look like you're about to ski off a cliff. And if you've never skied that trail, or especially if you're in the backcountry where it's it's not um, an area that's patrolled or a, a run that is rated with difficulty, you don't really know what is on the other side of that roll. Is it a cliff? So it's one of those lessons that carried over from skiing into relationships for me. It's you have to go up to that ledge and see what's on the other side before proceeding blindly because if you fly blindly you could end up flying off a cliff and having a nice crash so make sure that everyone looks before they leaps and it is a red flag if somebody is pushing you to leap without taking the time to look another red flag that i see a lot of times is trust and every relationship from a friendship to a work relationship to a you know a romantic partnership requires trust and in order to have trust you have to give trust Um, but it takes time to build that trust Um, just as I just talked about rushing a relationship trust is something that takes time to build it takes time you have to invest the time to verify that what the person is telling you is is the truth And the only way you can do that is taking time and investing in it to build the trust. And while you're building that trust, verify that what the person is saying and claiming is, in fact, the truth. Words are wonderful. Uh, As you listen to me speak, you're listening to my words. But to really know me and to know what makes me tick takes time. And it also takes me showing with my actions that match the words. Um, And I'm just a guy doing a podcast saying that. So if you're really interested in getting to know a person and building a relationship, remember that, yes, you do have to give them trust, but it takes time and you have to verify that trust. So don't jump the gun on trusting without verifying. Um, Doing so is is a huge red flag. Um, Speaking of trust, too, Something that that so many people are getting away from, especially as we have smartphones and smart this and smart that, is we are not trusting ourselves. Um, I I will date myself a little bit, but um, when I was a kid, Magnum PI, um, the original Magnum PI with uh, Tom Selleck, um, was a huge TV hit. And he always talked about listening to his little inner voice. Um, I think that's what he called it. I, it's, it's been a while since I've seen the original Magnum, but I, I think he called it his little voice or something like that. But we've gotten away from trusting our gut, trusting our instincts. Rather than listening to our gut saying, this person makes me feel uncomfortable, we press ahead because we've seen their Facebook page or we've read their blog. All these digital things that we use to replace our inner voice. And we need to get back to trusting ourselves. If a person gives you the heebie-jeebies or you feel that they might be a great person, but um, there's something about them that is triggering you to feel uncomfortable, trust that feeling. Um, It's there for a reason. Um, uh, I can't remember the song, but, you know, there's the song that, you know, we're nothing but animals or something like that. And we have our instincts for a reason. So please... Do not disregard your internal red flag. If your little inner voice is saying something is off, trust that voice and and act on it and, and step away from the person. And um, 
you'll you'll be better off for it. Another red flag um, is especially in this lifestyle is the number of people who are married and on the down low looking for um, a partner. Um, they all often profess that they want a real relationship, but they are not being satisfied with their current committed partner, and they are openly cheating. And the problem with that is DS requires an intimate level of trust. And I do not believe you can have that level of required trust with a partner who is being dishonest with somebody that they have committed to. And the other big issue um, that comes with it is if this person is married, cheating, and hiding it. There, and there's a difference between, say, married, divorcing, and moving forward with life. There, there is a difference there, a um, huge difference. Um, but if they are staying with their committed partner, they have no intention of leaving said commit, committed partner, how far are they willing to go to preserve that relationship? It puts the person that they're entering a relationship with, doesn't matter whether they're dominant or submissive, in a very potentially scary place. What happens if accidentally the secret comes out, or the secret may come out, or their secret is somehow they feel, you know, in jeopardy. How far are they willing to go to cover their tracks? Um, in, in the area where I live, and Dateline NBC just did a huge, you know, overly dramatic piece on it, but there was a, a dominant who um, ended up killing his wife because his secret DS lifestyle was possibly going to be exposed. So it's, it's, it's a huge flag. Um, it does happen. Don't put yourself in a bad position, uh, no matter what side of the slash you're on, and be very careful, um, and my advice is to avoid, but other people will see it differently, but avoid the person who is openly married and cheating. Um, speaking of that, it's also a red flag when you come across somebody who will, say, text your, you know, text your phone, blow your phone up all day long during the day, in nights and weekends, they suddenly disappear, and they might be available during the business hours to video chat with you or chat on the phone. But come the you know traditional downtimes, they're unavailable, and um, that is a huge, huge red flag. Or for example, they might make themselves available on the weekend, but every time you chat with them on the weekend, you know they're in the parking lot of the grocery store or they're calling you from driving somewhere. Those, those are huge red flags that the person is hiding something. And remember, DS is based about trust. Trust is one of the cornerstones. So if you don't have that cornerstone, you end up with nothing. Truly, that's what happens. Um, you don't, don't believe me, go out and find out for yourself. You'll end up um, you know, holding a bag of flaming poo. So just don't do it. Step away, and you will find what you're looking for in somebody who can and will be honest with you. Submissives, here's another red flag that really needs to be talked about, and that is the dominant who approaches you, and very quickly into the conversation, or right from the start, they demand to be called by a title. Maybe they want to be called Daddy Donnie, or Master Mark, or, you know, 
Sir Sam, whatever it is, anybody who demands a title or that you call them by a title has no idea what they're doing. They are a lying sack of poo. And it's because titles have to be earned. There is no way to get a title without earning it. Um, so if they're trying to or they expect you to call them by a title, that is crapola. It's one thing to discuss that um, preferences. Um, certain dominants would love to have a submissive call them daddy. Others may want to be called sir, or maybe they want to try and earn the, the title of master from a submissive, um, or there's something else that they, they like to be called. Um, and that's all fine, and it's fine to discuss the titles that are preferred, but to be expected um, to be called by a title is just absolute crap. Um, there's, there's one Tumblr blogger who's been around forever and a day. Um, you know, they, they share a whole bunch of porn and consider themselves to be an experienced dominant, which is a red flag. Once again, porn, 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 and more porn is a red flag. FYI, if you didn't guess that. Um, but their tagline on their blog is, call me sir, I've earned it. And I'm just thinking to myself, how have you earned it by saying that uh, you deserve to be called sir because you post porn? Alrighty. It's people like that. That's a huge red flag. Don't even bother submissives. Just block them and move on. The next couple of red flags really should be no-brainers. But uh, once again, they need to be said. Um, if anyone, regardless of role, tries to break you free from your family, your friends, or your support structure, um, encourages you to f possibly leave your job, um, it's a red flag. Anybody who's trying to break you away from the, your support structure has deeper, much more sinister things in mind than a real relationship. They are looking to break you away to basically enter abusive, an abusive relationship with you. So anybody who tries to make you leave your support network or somehow put it aside is really, really out for no good. So if you see that, feel that way, or if your friends come to you and say they feel that the person you're dating is pulling you away from them, those are red flags and you do need to step, step back and step away immediately. Um, also, anyone who will not respect a safe word is a huge red flag. There are people, and the saying has been around for years and years, a submissive with a safe word is just a dominant on their knees. And that is so not true. A safe word is a key part of any type of DS relationship, especially when it comes to play. There needs to be a safe word for both sides, whether it's the dominant or the submissive, because things can go bump for a dominant during play, just like a submissive. And having the safe word is the sort of the um, equivalent of on a ship. They have that nice big wheel where they adjust their speed and bells ding when they, they change the uh, position of it. And the safe word is like taking that and pushing that lever to all stop and the bells ding and everything comes to a complete stop immediately. Safe words are important. Anybody who will not respect a safe word, or if you're playing with a new partner and they do not respect you when you say your safe word, they are crossing any line. And at that point, 
they have moved to abuse and you need to walk away. In fact, don't walk away, run away and get away. It is absolutely unacceptable. So anybody who tells you that they, uh, for example, you see it sometimes, uh, they'll say, a domino will say, well, I don't have to respect a safe word when I'm punishing my submissive. That's bullcrap. So do not fall for anyone who says a safe word has any reason or exceptions and should not be used. Anybody who says that needs to be simply walked away from and blocked and moved on. Another red flag for me, and I, I really feel that I shouldn't have to say this one as well, but since we're covering the obvious, um, will be the, typically it's the dominant who says this, that a submissive cannot end a relationship without their permission. They need to have permission to be released. Um, that is the common term that will be used with this, is the dominant must release them. And I'm sorry, it's malarkey. There is no reason that anybody, regardless of role, cannot step away from a relationship at any point and at any time for any reason they want to. A submissive never, ever, never, ever needs permission to end a relationship. And they don't need to worry if their reason is valid, the dominant thinks it's invalid, or thinks it's a bunch of crap. Anybody can say, I'm not happy in this relationship, and I'm stepping away and ending it. It doesn't matter. So if anybody tells you differently, once again, that is a huge, huge red flag. Now I want to talk a little bit about a red flag that I know many people are not going to agree with, but I feel needs to be said. And it seems that lately there has been a ton of people taking the term alpha in front of their their role, whether it's dominant or submissive. And when I see someone use alpha, it is a huge red flag. And, and let me try to explain briefly why it's a red flag. I could probably talk about this for the next hour. And unfortunately, I'm sure most of you would tune out. So I'll try to be brief. And um, the reason is the alpha label is people are taking signs of vanilla world, regular world, regular life success and trying to apply it to themselves and the lifestyle. Really, it's sort of like they're trying to be clever marketeers. Um, the alpha dominant often brags about they're in, you know, the most amazing shape. They have abs of steel and are always men. Very rarely do you see a dominant female or, you know, identify as an alpha. And it's always because they, you know, have the abs of steel or they have a prestigious career. All of those things don't matter when it comes to DS. Yes, it matters. Career can matter with who you partner with because they're, you know, different, typically, typically different styles of people mesh better than others. And other times opposites attract, but career really doesn't define a person. Monetary success, um, we all know money can purchase a lot of things, but happiness and an ideal relationship is not one of them. Um, so you're taking things that are irrelevant to the lifestyle and applying them to yourself and trying to say that you're better. 
you're an alpha. You're better than the average dominant because of all these vanilla, you know, ratings and sayings and, you know, those abs of steel and, you know, the guy over there who just has the dad bod. Well, you know, he can't be a good dominant because, you know, he doesn't spend 40 hours a week at the gym. Well, he probably can't afford to spend 40 hours at the gym because he has a job. Anyway, I think it's just a bunch of crap. Um, the other thing, too, is regardless whether it's submissive or dominant, taking the alpha role, is it's a red flag that they are really more experienced in just the online lifestyle rather than in person. Um, I have been in and around in-person communities for over 20 years, which makes me sound old, but I have only heard alpha used a couple of times, and that person was always new and really had no clue. So and that quickly went away from the person by the end of the time that they were either at the uh, at the group having dinner or just hanging out and talking, they, they quickly realized um, just sort of naturally and through conversation that that was a bunch of hua. Um, so it's a warning sign that this person really doesn't have real life experience in the DS lifestyle. Now I'm going to talk about something that is definitely going to generate some people that are going to disagree, but alpha submissive is the same way. These People who typically take alpha submissive are, I have never ever found an example of anyone other than a female claiming to be an alpha submissive. All the propaganda they put out about themselves and being an alpha submissive is all directed about having a male dominant partner. So it's sexist um, and that just isn't right in my opinion. And on top of it, they are once again taking vanilla title or vanilla items and trying to apply it to their lifestyle self to make them seem superior. And they'll often say something like, well, I'm an alpha submissive because I don't need a dominant. I have my life together. Um, I, you know, perhaps they have a wonderful career where they boss millions of minions around every day. But that doesn't make you any better than Susie Homemaker, who's the submissive. Um, and so these people will often basically try to make themselves out to be strong, confident, and, and always women. And a submissive is a strong, confident person. They're not coming to DS because they're weak. They're vis you know, they can't make a choice, and they're these timid you know, quiet as a mouse hiding in the corner. Oh, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm submissive. Oh, don't talk to me. Th th this is not what a submissive is. A submissive is a strong, confident person who wants to be led by somebody who is equally as strong. DS is a partnering of equals. And it's just a red flag because I believe it shows a lack of real life experience. And it's an attempt to say that they are you know, they are the best. They're better than the rest. And for the right partner, they will be the best. But they're not better than anybody else. And it just drives me bonkers. And it should be a red flag just because it shows a lack of, in my opinion, real life experience with the yes. 
I know there are people that are going to disagree, and that that is absolutely fine, but it is something that I felt I needed to share. Um, And the last thing about red flags in this lifestyle, and it's really not necessarily a red flag, but just it's a reminder. Uh, It is up to you to keep you safe as you explore the lifestyle. Keep yourself safe with who you associate with, who you interact with, who you meet in person. Um, Always remember that you are judged by who your friends are. I know we live in a world that is supposed to be a judgment-free zone. However, reality and what things are supposed to be are two different things. So keep in mind that, that safety is your job and who you associate yourself with will be reflected upon you. So make sure that you keep yourself safe at all times. The things that you do, you understand, you trust the person you're doing them with, and that you are taking all the right steps to mitigate the risk for that that you're taking in involving with people and events and things that you enjoy doing with people, um, either in the open or behind closed doors. But safety is your job, and there's no one else to look out for your safety but yourself. So always keep yourself safe. Uh, always make sure that you keep your eyes open for red flags and address them when they happen. Um, don't just sweep them under a rug and hope that, um, that they'll go away or that somehow it'll be resolved. If you have a red flag with a person, um, you know, address it and be confident and competent. Ah, too many C words there. But if you feel and see a red flag from a person, take the appropriate action to keep yourself safe. So I want to thank you for giving me a listen this week, and I look forward with chatting with you again soon. I hope you all are having a great spring. Please uh, keep yourself safe and enjoy life. Thank you, and talk to you soon.